And now, right to your hosts of Down the Garden Path, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing. Welcome, everyone, to Down the Garden Path where we discuss down-to-earth tips and advice while doing our best to help you seasonally manage your garden and landscape. Hello there, I'm Joanne Shaw, owner of Down-to-Earth Landscape Design, and with me is my co-host Matthew Dressing. Hello, Matthew. Hello, Joanne, and good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I'm Matthew Dressing, owner of Natural Affinity Garden Design. As landscape designers and gardeners, we believe it's important and possible to have great gardens, which are sustainable and low maintenance, and we want to help you make it happen. That's right. And on this super, super snowy day, we are talking <laughs> about getting your garden ready. Isn't that what's on everybody's mind right now? <laughs> so uh, garden planning, garden goals. How do you plan your garden? We would love to hear from you. Send us your questions to instudio101 at gmail.com. Exactly. You know, I know. what? I, I was thinking about you know, getting your gardens ready and being out in this inclement weather. Um, and I often tell my students, I mean, we talk about there are times we definitely don't want to be outside. Um, but I, I always say to my students, there is no such thing as bad weather, just unprepared people. Yeah. And right. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was out a full like snowsuit. I walked to Tim's before it closed. Um, and I was having a blast and I was warm and it, it was a fun day, but Tim's yeah. closed. When time did Tim's close? Yes. There was a, um, the local Tim Hortons to me as we were going out for morning coffee, they were like, we got there and we we're just like, yeah, it is. There's no one able to get into the parking lot. There were, there were cars like getting stuck because the plow <sighs> hadn't come by. They were like, we're all going home. Goodbye. You're like our second last customer. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, if, for those listeners who didn't get snow today yeah. uh, in the GTA, as well as I think Ontario, I think I, I, even by the news, like it seemed like across Canada, every province was getting snow today. Um, <laughs> so it was quite the weather uh, day. Um, and it certainly has been here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. and I'm always like, I feel like I do the happy dance because I'm like, the plants are so happy. The plants yes. are so happy. That's all this snow means all this water. This is so good. And they're all cozy. So I feel like I just do a happy dance. And although I can do the happy dance because I'm not the one outside shoveling. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Yes, I'm glad too. Living in the condo, it's just like, oh, somebody else is taking care of our dogs right. and That's our right. sidewalks. And That's I right. think of the exact same thing. What a great start in the spring when we get all this snow that can protect the plants and hold all that water ready to melt into place. It's perfect. Yes. Perfect. And we did get a, we got a couple of cold um, days too in the last few weeks too, where, where people are saying that hopefully mm. they killed off the gypsy moths, right? I was thinking that too, and it was that yeah. super cold uh, warning too. Look at all the insects that are hopefully going to take a hit over the next three days. Yeah, that shouldn't be here, uh, and yeah. So hopefully next year we'll have a good reduction. 
Excellent. Okay. So I have a question. So I know it's not what we're talking about tonight, but now that brings me up a question is, okay, we're happy that the cold kills the, the bad bugs, but how do we like, do, are the good bugs safe? For the most part? Yes. And like okay. anything, they'll like even our hardiest of perennials that overwinter, they can take some damage, but we won't see the loss of an entire species like we would like an invasive Okay. that might overwinter and eventually that might adapt and they'll evolve and they'll take that cold but yeah there's a little hit usually across the board over everything if but if they yeah. land in the right spot and everybody's protected and good then they'll make it yeah so the native bees so the cold isn't going to affect the native bees but something like the gypsy moth but i i didn't think the gypsy moth wasn't invasive per se i thought it was like just something that we had <laughs> because we don't get winter anymore <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Thank you, no. thank you, climate change. But yeah. no, I think they're pop. They're here, but they've come from Europe originally, okay. and they've kind of naturalized in that way. That, but our winter kind of controls them in our area, so that they're here, unfortunately, but they're not permanently, or, or they are permanently here, but they're not in such overwhelming numbers like we saw last year, because we usually get that nice hard freeze that kind of helps and controls them. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, even though we are, yes, um, Cindy's saying that. I love that saying. Brilliant. I was hoping you two were on tonight as I'm stuck here <laughs> at home in Toronto. We got bummed. We certainly did. Oh. Uh, thanks for the evening entertainment. Yes, Cindy, we are like totally uh, mad is teaching and uh, you, it was a snow day. You had to teach online today, right? So, uh, so he's got a, you know, two new classes this semester. So that's exciting. Yeah. So it's keeping me busy. It's keeping me busy. Um, one of them goes right to the beginning of tonight's uh, show. So <laughs> we just wanted to throw out there as we begin this new year, you may find uh, out of control uh, yes. to nobody's veil that uh, Joanne might be doing a solo show here or there if I can't make it on in time just to make sure my students have their best start. So that's right. Heads up. I will mm -hmm. miss you all. And <laughs> I hopefully it doesn't happen. But <laughs> yeah, it, it means that's the thing plan for the worst and you know, prepare for the best. I don't know what the saying is. But anyway, it's going to be fine. <laughs> we will figure it out. Um, and I'm sure our listeners will enjoy the show regardless, but I know they'll miss you. I'm sure I'll be fielding all those questions, but no, we're, I think we're going to be fine. And um, yeah, so, so lots have been like, it, you know, it seemed like a weird topic kind of sort of like for January, you know, last week's show, I love last week's show. So if our listeners didn't, haven't listened to last week's show, it is available on our podcast. Um, I thought Katie did a great job. Those garden trends were spot on. I mentioned them to some other people and they were like, oh my gosh, they really hit the marks. So, um, so yeah, it was, I thought it was a really good show. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's always a wonderful show to have Katie on and just kind of see all the trends uh, that's going forward. And I think that we're, uh, I think it's kind of timely as well as we're talking about you know, the trends of 2022, and we're going to talk about our plant and garden goals for 2022. So it's perfect to work in some of those trends into your goals to kind of be aware of what's happening. So you can be uh, on the front of getting all that wonderful, cool, trendy 2022 uh, stuff so you can get it before outages. And actually today in class, what we were talking about 
uh, was plant production. And one of the things that we want to make sure and we, we talk about is doing these garden goals and our plant goals and planning for the next year. A lot of garden centers and greenhouses aren't waiting till right now to start planning and getting everything out. We're planning anywhere from, I mean, Christmas trees are ordered very shortly after uh, January, like anytime right now, but wow. we're ordering trees and shrubs uh, July, August, September, October. We are setting up our orders. We are looking and sitting down at our past uh, sales and, and all of our numbers, what did and didn't work for us. And we're ordering now so that we don't see any of those those shortages. There were a lot of plastic and soil shortages, uh, a lot of materials that weren't available. So right now it's perfect for garden home gardeners. We, we do get a little bit more of a grace period. We don't need to be planning uh, in October as we're settling things down. But now is definitely the time to start thinking about growing, you know, what seeds you want to grow. Are there bulbs that you need to order? Mm. These things are out there and places like greenhouses, if you uh, order from somewhere that supplies to both um, and just a place that orders, for example, uh, I think Julia has mentioned on the show before too, Baker Creek Seeds in a little bit of a, a warmer spot than maybe us, but they are going to be shipping to warmer zones, not just the cooler zones. So you're competing with people who are planning or are ready to do things mm. all the time. So mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you're might seem a little early, but there are other people competing and buying from those same sources. So just mm -hmm. it's time to settle in and grab things like your seeds and and know what you're going to be looking for on the year ahead. That's right. And I but I do want to emphasize because I've seen this in some of the Facebook groups that people are literally starting to plant their seeds, start their seeds, yes. like their pepper seed, especially, you know, I know peppers need a long time, but they don't need this long. Like, so, you know, I, I know, I appreciate that people are keen. I think it's really good and important to plan. So I think look for your seeds, buy your seeds, wait for them to come in, get all your stuff ready. But, but, and you know, like the soil and your, whether if you're doing grow lights or not and your containers, all of that, but really no seeds should be started yet. Earlier is not better. It's, it's actually even better to like, you know, the seed packages will give you your dates and mm. it's better to be a bit later than it is to be early because it's hard, very hard. You go through all that work and as they mature indoors, if they're not ready to start being hardened off. Um, it's really hard to keep those seedlings alive, right, Matt? And um, you waste, you know, just to lose them all with mildew or something like that after you've done it for so long. So please, everybody, um, there is such a thing as too early. Um, so certainly, I think now's the time. We've got a bunch of different ideas. Um, and whether you're seed starting and bulbs and stuff like that, or whether you're thinking about, um, you know, your ornamental garden, uh, we've got some ideas, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Love, I love how driving that point home, grab your seeds and stuff now before they become unavailable. So you have them to grow when you want them. Uh, but yeah, look at those dates and work backwards. When is your final frost date past your warning? You know, that's when you can go outside or just before you can start hardening off work backwards. And we talked about that today in class. Again, look at that maturity, that time when you're going to pot it up. Uh, and put it outside and work backwards from there to set your your times and your dates. And remember, if you're using a window versus lights, if we have a really cloudy day like today, your those plants are going to get less light and less, maybe less warmth, depending on your house. Uh, so that, you know, if it's going to be like 
seven to 14 days for just for an easy number uh, before it gets going. With the cloudier days, you might be closer to 14. So give yourself a little wiggle room uh, in there as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you're doing windows, they also get a little leggier just by nature. Mm -hmm. um, so the leggier they are, the harder they are, again, as they mature to kind of keep happy. Um, so that's definitely something to think about. So yeah, so well, so we can talk more about seeds. Um, Matt, why don't you tell us, Matt, what are you playing? Because I know you are a balcony gardener. So and you've done some experimenting on your balcony. Have you thought about stuff yet? You know what I actually have? Um, I'm looking, I have tried to avoid pelargoniums, just that annual geranium. They just Right. They're just kind of everybody has them. Yes. Um, and I've been kind of growing, going through my garden because it's still kind of northeast or east facing. But the way the sun comes around, it is actually a little hotter. So I've been playing back and forth. And I'm thinking that this year I might actually do some pelargoniums. I looked online. I'm looking at seeds right now. Uh, oh, even starting them from seed. Yeah, so they, I'm going okay. to just for fun start them from seed indoors. Okay. Um, I've got some more grow lights uh, coming on the way for my little unit. And uh, I'm going to start those indoors. And then I think what I'm going to do is do a lot more um, vegetables out on in my container gardening. So, I mean, I've had good success with potatoes. Um, my peanuts, I did my peanuts like we, we were talking about. I was just excited planted my peanuts. The timing was definitely off. Um, and I didn't give them enough space. So I did get oh. peanuts on the balcony in the container. There were some edible ones as well. Um, so I'm going to try to maybe do that and give them. I love that. Food. You know, I grew some and some were edible. You some never know. Right? You never know. Like... <laughs> some were underdeveloped. Some were bigger pods. <laughs> do they have a long... Um... <laughs> growing period like is it a long I don't know what's the technical term Mr. Educator um, like a long like maturity time maturity thank you yeah. yes yeah I'm gonna end up starting them um, at least a month before my mm. final frost date um, you could plant them directly out into the soil as well but they you want them to keep them watered keep them full sun they need lots and lots of heat which we're just kind of on the edge of those corn heat units for uh, Ontario and North America. And you're going to just basically go and wait until they start to, either the, the weather turns or they start to yellow, kind of like potatoes where they start to die out. And then I just kind of dug them up and let them cure there for a couple of weeks in a well-ventilated area. But they will take most of uh, that summer, that entire growing season to pretty much do their thing for me. Yeah. Okay. But they're totally worth it. They're totally unique. Uh, very yeah. interesting. It's fun watching the little flowers peg into the soil uh, and start to grow those peanuts. So oh, good. Okay. we had Julia on talking about seeds. So if yes. you were watching for Julia, I did just notice um, that on her juliademakos.com, she does have some of her seeds now available. Some of her tomatoes and other seeds that she was talking about uh, that are Ontario grown if you were looking for some of those as well. So I'm going to do a couple of tomatoes and kind of mix it up. So that's oh, perfect. Kind of perfect. And we should point. put the link to her, her shop in our show notes as well. Yes. Yes. So, uh, so yes. So if you, um, if you do 
um, buy them, then we'll have you put a DTGP. Oh, she's going off. I think we're going to try. Sorry. Um, (laughs) I don't think we can get you a discount, but we would just love to let Julia know that your listeners, um, that our listeners are buying from her. So I think that's something that we would love to do to support her. Yeah. Um, Yes. Um, so in addition to seeds, so I don't know that, and I don't know if you, this is something, um, if you've thought of flowers at all, like uh, aside from the geraniums, the perennial geraniums, but I know, and we've talked about uh, Melanie from Dahlia May Flower Farm on the show before. So she is selling uh, ranunculus, Italian ranunculus with, oh my gosh, the pictures are just gorgeous and how beautiful they are and anemone corms. Now, a few years ago, I did buy the anemone corms, but I don't think I did it right because I didn't end up getting flowers. So I don't know if I I may try it again. Um, But her flower selection is amazing. So these are the ones that she harvests and she grows. So you can check out Dahlia May Flower Farm uh, and her shop. She's not like once they're out, um, they're gone, that type of thing. But uh, she does have a... uh, a uh, little video on how to plant them and stuff. And this is specifically for our Canadian uh, listeners. Unfortunately, she can't ship to the U.S. Um, but uh, definitely, you know, something to to check out. And she's got a picture of them on her Instagram as well. So, uh, so yeah, so that uh, is something for somebody who wants to try growing different flowers. Yeah. So we'll put those in our show notes as well. So now a question that she probably would have this in her video. Are they something that you keep the bulbs that like cannas and callas and stuff where you keep the bulbs every year and then you could have them again next year or are they kind of one and done? Yeah, usually you can lift up those tuberous okay. roots and, and overwinter them. Some of them do end up having a little bit more of a fibrous root system and can be harder to do or you need to kind of treat them as a an overwintered plant. Kind of like when we talk about our overwintering our purple fountain grass, right? We're not taking away all the soil, but we're putting it in a cool spot where it can kind of stay on the edge of being dried, watered once a bit, and the root system should overwinter and survive. Okay. Okay. So I talked about my planting my garden. What are you doing this year in your garden? You have a lot more trees, shrubs, and perennials. Are you making any changes or are there any empty spots you need to fill in? Yeah, I haven't started thinking of the vegetable garden yet, but I definitely have started to think about my main gardens. And actually, I've like been cutting um, uh, some stuff back. So I kind of have gotten it got away from me last year, I won't lie. And um, things got a little overgrown as well as some some stuff just needed, um, you know, it's five year pruning or more. Um, I had a very mature Barbary hedge around the perimeter because I'm a corner house. So around the corner curve which was perfect when I had the big blue spruce, it kind of hid the, you know, ugly underneath of a big blue spruce. Then I lost a big blue spruce. So the hedge has been super happy, but it's gotten taller and wider. Um, so I just had, and, and I think it was starting to block, you know, backing out of our driveway, you know, just the visibility and stuff. So um, I talked with my arborist and we decided to to bring it down. So they brought it down like mm. way more than I thought they were going to bring it down. But I feel like, <laughs> in for it because I never pruned it right Barbary you know how hard it is to prune it's so thorny 
So 14 years it's been in. And uh, so they brought it down to like three feet, Matt. They brought it right down. It was six feet tall. Like they cut it back in half, if not more. So anyway, so I, I, I have to restrain. So then there are some other things that they, they removed some use, you know, when everything was babies, I I felt like I had to fill in with evergreens just to kind of fill the space. And uh, now that things are growing and, and maturing and really taking shape, things were just, and I like a full garden. I know not everybody does. I'm, you know, there's some people that don't like plants touching and, and things like that. I love that, but plants touching versus plants like completely hidden by other plants is a, is a whole other thing. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so we removed some dense hue, you said dense use, and we did some pruning of, um, uh, a really large mature purple smoke bush that got out of control a bit mm-hmm. and, uh, brought some stuff down. So I'm excited about that. And then I'm excited about, I really, Um, you know, we say we talk on the show about adding mulch a lot. And I know that that's a good idea. And I mulch my leaves and put my leaves back in the lawn or in the garden. But I really want to have more ground covers. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and really, I in on the edges, I've got a lot of ground cover sedums, like, you know, along the curb along the driveway, and they do such a good job at controlling weeds. But there are other sides of the garden, the gardens that actually face the lawn or face our walkway, really struggle with weeds there and really struggle with coverage. So I really, and a lot less light there, you know, I think the sedums do well on the outside where it gets a ton of sun. So looking for more lower, not shade, but part sun. Um, when I plant the sedums there, they're leggy. It's not enough sun for them, but if I plant shady things, they don't work either. So I think I need to find that right ground cover. So I think that's me just trying to kind of doing some more research, finding, the balance of a native, um, if there's a native ground cover, that would be good versus, but I fear, like, and this is where I struggle with native plants. And I know we'll talk about this throughout the year on the show is so many can be very aggressive. So I, I mm-hmm. call, I'm totally all in on their benefit for the environment and their benefit for wildlife and insect life. Um, but I don't want them spreading into my lawn, you know, so um you know, so that's kind of where I'm at in thinking about how to, uh, uh, to plan. I have to say the winter, aside from the ton of snow we have now, um, winter's great to see, like to look at the shape of your garden, to look where there's gaps. That's when I noticed how things were so tight together, um, yes. you know, too. So now is a really winter. I won't say now this day of all this 40 centimeters of snow, <laughs> but, um, you know, winter is a good time to kind of walk around it, take some pictures, take, if it's your front yard, take a picture across the street and looking back yes. at, at it, um, which I often do. I think my neighbors think I'm crazy, but yeah. So I, I think, um, trying to solve some of those issues, you know, um, yeah, there's more I can tell you, but, uh, do we have any listener questions? <laughs> keep going, keep going. No, yeah, we do have <laughs> some people who have written in, uh, to say hello and have some, uh, questions. Whoop, if I can grab them. There we go. Eric has written in, whoa, inside of talking, inside of talking about rakes and garden tools tonight. Uh, let's talk shovels, big shovels. Uh, yes. I love you guys. Yeah, there are definitely some good shovels and some bad shovels uh, that are out there for sure. Um, yeah, find something that works for you and that is ergonomic. Um, I, yeah, I am just so grateful I don't have to shovel my snow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so hard. 
Um, <laughs> Helen's also written in, hey, okay, maybe a dumb question, but can I replant my live Christmas tree? No, it's not potted, but a cut tree. Do the re root systems regenerate the tree? Was amazing. And unfortunately, no, Helen, you cannot. Um, cut Christmas trees are actually harvested end of August, beginning of September. <clears throat> when they start to gather uh, lots of water resources, they fatten up and then they start to move all their nutrients into their roots. So we try to cut them when they're nice and fat and full so that that cut plant can survive all of the desiccating conditions and wrapping and be nice and flexible by the time we get them. However, by the time we do get them, uh, having been cut, all those resources are pretty much drained or gone. And so even taking cuttings, they will not. Mm -hmm. uh, and then by that time, that trunk that does, just doesn't have the ability to regenerate anymore uh, mm -hmm. from that thing. But yes, if you were to take it as it got cut, you could take cut Christmas tree cuttings and grow your own. But okay. you'd have to be on the farm in like August to do yes. it. Yes. But if you have the good news is, Helen, I don't know if you have a backyard or if you've got a neighborhood wooded area, you can, like, if you do want it to go to return to nature kind of thing, mm. um, and especially if you can't, since you can't uh, regrow it, um, you could um, take it to your backyard in the garden, in your lawn, doesn't matter, lay it down. Lots of lots of stuff on there. Lots of animals or birds are going to nest in it. They, they're going to nibble on it. The needles are going to eventually dry and, you know, drop in your garden. Um, you can, I, I know a friend, I've seen some blog posts about like you can hang some bird feeders or some suet in the tree, you know, and kind of really make like a little habitat. And, um, and then, it, you know, it will just you know, basically fall apart. And then you could just trim up the branches in the spring and put them in a brown paper bag if you're in Ontario and uh, <laughs> get rid of them. Um, other people, you could take them to like a wooded area and kind of just leave them for them that way and let mother nature kind of, so it's not like garbage, right? Like it's no. just going to help. And it's just going to decompose. So if that's something that you, uh, you know, you want to do or you can do, or if you've got a section of your garden where there's something that you might want to protect a little bit more, you know, then you could use the live Christmas tree to do that. So, uh, so yeah. Any other yeah. ways, things you can do with it, Matt? Yeah, you. I like, yeah, what you had said. Yeah, even if you have like a, we end up with a year with no snow, cutting off those limbs and putting those green boughs in uh, weaker spots of your area to add as insulation. The only other thing I had to add there is when we worked at the garden center, uh, we'd ended up with so many trees. We actually contacted our local zoo and they were oh, taking yes. the Christmas trees because the animals there will use it as nesting and bedding, kind of building on what you said, which is a great idea as well. Uh, but they yes. often use it as food or nesting or whatever materials too. So yeah, goats apparently. Sorry to interrupt you. Mm. So I have a friend of mine in your Waterloo and um, goats love eating Christmas trees. So she donated her Christmas trees, um, you know, and uh, yeah, so that's another thing. Like if there's a little hobby farm near you, yeah. um, you never know. So I think there's lots of things we can do with uh, with our sad, you know, um, evergreens or, you know, Christmas trees, uh, especially if, since we can't uh, regrow them. Right. And it is, believe it or not, the greener, even though they're cut, they're grown to be cut, they are replaced, they are the greener way to go as far as mm -hmm. Christmas environmentally, environmentally, yeah. yes, yes. yes. <laughs> um, 
Joyce has also commented, hey, grow your own food when or where you can. Supply chain is getting worse. Canada is not letting truckers into Canada without the vaccine. That'll be trouble for us. But hopefully conditions do get a little bit better as we kind of work our way through it. But I am definitely, a, yeah, grow your own. It, again, it's one of the biggest things that are growing uh, in the commodity groups for gardening. Everyone wants to know what they're putting into their body. And there's nothing better than the joy of of harvesting your own fruits and vegetables. And I did it. I grew a cantaloupe in the shade when I was like 12. And that's, oh, here I am. It's <laughs> many years later. <laughs> oh, that's good. And uh, and uh, Larry has written in and he says, hello, snow people. Matt, a question for you. Can I rake my leaves now? <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> I see that they're coming up in my on my snow shovel anyway. So, uh, so yeah. So if you didn't then they're just going to decompose. So that's good. They're nice and cozy under the under the snow, right? Larry, I actually have a heated rake that on days like this when it snows, I plug it in and I rake you do the not. snow. And it, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would be fun, though. <laughs> I'll just rake the leaves. <laughs> that's my right husband was hoping he could use the snow, uh, not the snow blower, the leaf blower to blow the snow. But it was it was too heavy. <laughs> it, it was yeah. a good snow for sure. It was a good snow for sure, for sure. Um, so, yeah. So planning. We would love to hear from you. So uh, just another shout out to everybody. I'm not, you're going to do the station identification, but um, please let us know what goals do you have? What do you want to try that you've never tried before? Um, what do you, anything else that you want us to make sure we're talking about this year and upcoming shows? Uh, right? That's right. We're here to do it because we love it. Uh, and we love knowing, um, bringing you cool stuff that you guys are interested in and too. And not just talking about whatever we want to talk about. So always, we love to hear uh, from our listeners and what you guys are excited about. That gets us excited too. So yes, thank you everyone for joining us here on, and if you're up where we are, this very cold, snowy uh, Monday evening, live on Reality Radio 101. I'm Matthew Dressing, here with my co-host, the lovely Joanne Shaw, and you're listening to Down the Garden Path. Joanne and I enjoy hosting Down the Garden Path each week, bringing you interesting and relevant topics to help you achieve a great garden. We learn right along with you from our research and from the guests that join us here on the show. Like next week's guest, Tyler Barris, He's going to be teaching us all about homegrown hydroponics and his new book, Home Hydroponics, which should be a great, uh, which is a great book, by the way. Uh, so tune in for that. Don't forget, you can spend more time with us here down the garden path. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at, at down the garden path podcast. You can also find us on your favorite podcast provider. And while you're there, please hit that subscribe button to be notified of new content. And please don't forget to like, share, and leave us a comment. We love hearing from you, our wonderful listeners. Don't forget, you can also write us here at instudio101 at gmail.com. Our wonderful producer, Gary, sends us the mail, and we love getting little mail surprises during the week when we're off the air from you. And don't forget to check out our websites. You can find Joanne at downto2earth.ca, and you can find myself at www.naturalaffinity.ca. So speaking of listeners, 
Uh, I think we've got uh, oh, the last one there. Mike has written in. Glad to hear from you tonight. Sitting here listening to you with my homemade cookies and hot cocoa. Love the tips and banter. Mike is writing from TO, uh, Toronto and the weather is Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll leave it there. <laughs> but yes, it, it is. It's here too. Yes, it is here too. <laughs> um, I did want to give a shout out to because you mentioned Tyler is going to be on the show. I'm learn we want been wanting someone for on hydroponics for a while, so we're excited to learn about that. Um, Tyler goes by Farm the Farmer Tyler on Instagram. Mm. Um, so if you did want to check him out uh, ahead of the show, um, you can uh, give him a shout out there or take a look at his. Uh, his and it looks like there's a YouTube channel and everything. Um, so yeah, so I wanted to just make that clear because I was looking for him too. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, the book is beautiful. And so some of the projects, um, it's it's a great book. So I'm looking forward to speaking with him next week. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. So what else are we doing to be planning at this time of year? What should we be doing, do you think? Like if we give our listeners, a, a, you know, I think whether it's not just vegetables, right? Like um, flowers, like, you know, is planting seeds. I think sometimes we think about it's just planting seed time. But are there other things we could do or? Yeah, I mean, I like, again, yeah, planting seeds is probably the biggest because I think winter we just think of like growing indoors. Let's get growing indoors. Mm-hmm. Um House plants, we're kind of getting our little bit of a fix there, but also not only um, just indoors, but even looking outdoors, just kind of what you had said, or just like you had said, now's the time to really get out, look at those blank spots, look at that silhouette that you've got and plan, uh, see what you need to fill in. Hopefully as well, you've taken some other photos and maybe written some other notes, uh, Mm -hmm. some likes or dislikes that you have like things that did or didn't work for you. Maybe it's time to start again uh, and you need to hire a landscape designer. Uh, It's time to reach out to people like Joanne and myself and start that conversation because because we know the last few years, uh, things have gotten busy very quickly and booking way far away. Uh, So yeah, so go through your files, really think about the whole year as a picture, as a picture, but don't forget to get out there and really look at your winter, uh, because it's definitely the one spot that everybody I think forgets about, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, I want year round interests, I want, you know, color, and we always forget about winter, but think about how beautiful if you plan in, you know, a nice dwarf uh, red twig dogwood out there right now the beautiful shining red new stems on all that new snow uh, so yeah definitely look at your winter go back through your files make sure everything is organized write out a plan of when you need to get things take a note too if your local garden center I find that a lot of especially new gardeners um, there are cycles out there when you are buying things and I think we've talked about a little bit about on the show at sporadic times through the year but maybe not completely timely but I think we're working in that to uh, our book which is still on the way everybody because we know you're anxious Uh, but yeah remember things come in through cycles greenhouses and uh, growers are producing things and they have to hit markets 
at certain times. So, you know, if you're thinking about planting a fruit tree while you're looking over for next year, remember that they are going to show up, uh, at least in our area, the Southern Ontario area. We're going to start to see them with roses dormant and asleep for the first time end of March through April. That's going to be your best selection for your fruit trees and roses. So plan out and identify what you want to plant, what you want to change, but also remember that these things are all showing up at certain times. If you're going to be growing a big brand new vegetable garden, don't wait till the May 2-4 weekend to be out there uh, purchasing everything because you know the frost date is passed, it's time and everything is safe. The veggies actually start to show up two to three weekends before your May 2-4 weekend. So you're gonna get the exotic, you know, hot peppers or, you know, that blonde eggplant kind of thing. Uh, at that time, you're not going to find it in the rush of the May 2-4 weekend. You're going to find it earlier. Most of the times, or sometimes, depending on the supplier, your local region, they may or may not be hardened off. I like to just say it's not. Treat it like mm -hmm. it isn't and work it out. Don't take the risk because especially if you pick up like a rare hot pepper or something like that, which and I just default to hot peppers because everybody... That seems to be one of the big ones with your tomatoes, right? They're very specific about their peppers. Uh, so just make sure that you take the time to harden everything off. And then it becomes flower season with all of your annuals. Your frosts are gone. I'm sure I'm missing somewhere, someone in the sequence there. Uh, and then don't be tricked either when you're, I think I'm now just bolting ahead. But don't be tricked either as you get into your garden centers. We do get all very eager. And we want to get planting and raking and everything quickly as we do um, as possible. But you're going to find plant material in a minimal heat house, hostas that are started already, and you're going to want to plant them outside. But your other hostas haven't even started yet. So mm. yeah. make sure you, you are jumping ahead. Quick. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just planning. I'm just like running with it. So yeah. what did I miss? What else do we need to be be planning? Well, I think. Um... Especially not everybody has winter, like you mentioned, right? Winter interest is really important. And I think it is lovely to look outside and look at that beautiful, especially on a day like today, like that beautiful evergreen that looks so lovely um, with snow on it. So yeah. if you are lacking in that area in your garden, um, or maybe it's not, maybe it is like a red dogwood or um, what's the deciduous holly that has the red berries. Oh, yeah, the winterberry or the winterberry. Winter. Yes, they need yeah. a winterberry. You know, so maybe do a walk when you're walking around the neighborhood on the, in the snow, you know, it, you still pay attention to people's yards and see what does look what looks good. What is holding up to the snow? You know, what what does the composition yeah. and the scale of it that you think, you know, you would look good at your house. So now and you may you know, and if the garden is full of flowers in the summer, in the spring, um, you may not even notice the evergreens, right? Uh, it really comes this time of year is when those things really pop. Um, like for my place, um, you would notice the yellow evergreen, yellow evergreens. You mm -hmm. know, they still kind of pop in the summer because of the, the fact that they're yellow. But um, the foliage really shows still even with the snow on. So, so I think sometimes just being aware of your surroundings when you're driving or, or walking around um, the city and just to see what looks interesting and what you think um, could could really work in your garden. So I think uh, winter interest now is the best time because, you know, in the summer we get yeah. all so distracted 
um, with the flowers, right? Love and, a hydrangea. And yeah, exactly. So uh, so now is a really good time. Winter is a good time to look for uh, what winter interest. And especially if there's a particular window that you're looking out um, mm-hmm. I know the one, uh, we have a fireplace room. So we're the rest of the year. We're never in that room, but in the winter, we're in that room because the wood, wood burning fireplace is in that room. And when I open the, the blinds, I love that I can see, um, my hydro, my limelight hydrangea with the seed heads on it and the U yeah. hedge. And it just is something pretty to look at. And, uh, I love that that's there. So I think, you know, if you've got a particular window, kitchen window, something like that, where you're always looking out for a year, for, you know, 12 months of the year, you know, winter's a long time. Winter is a long time, especially in, in Canada, (laughs) or at least it feels that way. Yeah. Excellent points. Um, yeah, take a look around and see what's in your area, what gaps you're missing. If you're into Mm -hmm. birding, you know, there's a lot of perennial seed heads that you could be leaving behind to feed the birds, support the insects. Um, yeah, I love your point about seeing what actually holds up in your area, especially if you get more or less snow, depending on, on where you are. Mm -hmm. I also like that you brought up the junipers. A lot of people, especially in the summer when they're going out and they're designing, they're like, Oh, junipers, you know, just that evergreen green foliage or that blue. Uh, but, you know, there are a lot of evergreens that also will turn color. I think of um, mm. Lime Glow Juniper it takes on a beautiful reddy bronze color. Uh, mm-hmm. So does that microbiota. Um, yes, I, I didn't realize that the microbiota, I started using that microbiota. It's a Russian cypress mm-hmm. and I love it. It's just such a nice, soft, lovely ground cover evergreen. Talk about ever a co- ground cover. And yeah, they all went burgundy in my garden. So I put yes. in three this year in my own garden. I know I planted them for, for a homeowner. I put them in a few, several designs this year. So yeah. Yeah, they're gorgeous. And then he, any of it, um, Juniperus horizontalis, the horizontal junipers or just the, mm-hmm. they all will change colors into blues and purples and they also tint outside of their normal green so there's I think junipers get a weird rap because they're kind of that old plant that we all grew up with that you know like our grandparents planted in a mm-hmm. house that took over the house but there's some stunning varieties and cultivars out there now uh, that give you beautiful winter cover uh, or color and don't grow as big to cover your house. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, then again, I'm always, I love the winter berries and the. Yes. Glabber and Verslata and all those berries. It's fantastic. Yeah. I would love to add one of those. I think, I think that would be a great thing. Um, the other bonus bonus with the junipers is um, again, not, we're not originally my favorite either, but they are, especially the blue ones are salt tolerant. Yes. So people who have issues um, with a garden that say that borders the sidewalk or the smaller, um, smaller front yards that have, you know, garden right next to the walkway that you salt, um, having those, they can be very ground coverish. So they kind of, and they might cascade a little bit onto the lawn, which you can, or onto the walkway, which you can cut back. But if you're having trouble where you're always killing those plants on the, on the edges, then these are, these are ones where they'll take the snow load, they'll take the salt. Um, they'll take quite a bit of abuse. Full sun, of course, um, they don't stand up. They don't really love being shaded, but uh, yeah, so that's something to think about. And they can definitely be in, like, you know, underneath other flowering shrubs or flowering perennials. You know, it doesn't have to be a main focus to just leave them on the edges of your garden, but they definitely serve a purpose. 
Um, did you see Ron's email? He cracks me up. And I thought the same thing um, to Ron. Ron, Matt had me too. I used to see my face. So you were right. Matt, you are hilarious, says Ron. I really started to believe you about the heated rake. And so did I. Uh, I was going to run in and ask where you got it. So, uh, so no, I guess you and I are both just gullible. All right, <laughs> Matt, you were so convincing. And if it wasn't for the fact that you actually don't have to remove your own snow, I think you could have pulled that off. Because <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing raking? You don't, you live in a condo. So that's where he got me, uh, Ron. So thank you for that. Uh, that was hilarious. Well, maybe after I'm done uh, well, writing our book with us, Maybe I need to write some fiction or something. <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. Tammy is, yes. Don't worry, we're hard at work and every spare moment we can. Oh my gosh. We're, uh, by the time, yeah, we're, we're really, this is way harder. Is it not harder than you thought? Like, I knew it would be hard, but this has been harder. You know, guys, it takes a lot to write a book. <laughs> I think we were excited to do this. And we had all of those notes and all these great podcasts and all of our information. And then I think we are just, we, we've laid it out and then we're like, yes, but can we tell them more about this? Or how can we make this better for them? Or how can we make this super user friendly and get everything in there for you? So uh, yeah, it is, it is, and it's, it's a challenge and it's fun. And I think, I think, uh, and I know Joanne does too, but I think we're going to have a great product for you guys too. Just help you go through the year at a glance and just quickly pick up some yeah. great down to earth, easy to use, uh, tips, you know, yeah. tips, tips and advice for sure. Just like the podcast. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it's knowing what, go, what should go in, what shouldn't go in and um, you know, it can't be a thousand pages. <laughs> and so we're yes. trying to, you know, we're trying to keep it so that it's something it's handy. You're walking around the garden with it um and uh you're referring to it each month so uh so yeah it's 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 kind of tricky there's lots to talk about so uh and we want to have pictures and we want the pictures big enough so that you could read them you know so uh so yes we are hard at work uh in the midst uh of that so uh, stay tuned please follow our social media uh you will uh see more about it there as well as of course we're going to talk about it here so you got it bob has written in a question he says, hey, if we are using grow lights, can we grow vegetables all year inside? Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you know what, if you're planting your garden and you're just starting to, you know, you're planning or hoping to extend that season, for sure. It depends on what you're going to end up growing though, Bob. Peppers, um, squashes, tomatoes, they are more warm season crops and they do like a lot longer days of light, but they also like a warmer uh, temperature range. So the trick there is just A, having the space, B, getting enough lights to provide them that intensity that they want, keeping your house warm enough, but in the winter it also gets dry. Uh, so, you know, you're desiccating the plants with the light, they dry out. Even my little thing with some water here, every once in a while it, gets, uh, it just gets really dry uh, here and it still gets them. So depends on what you want to end up growing. But yeah, I mean, it's super easy, microgreens, um, little baby greens, so just immature lettuce leaves. Uh, you can always be having a fresh harvest. Same thing with uh, herbs. A lot of people love the idea of herbs, but remember a lot of them are Mediterranean in origin. 
So they want to be in a Mediterranean-like house or kitchen or under those lights, right? Like tomatoes. Tomatoes are Mediterranean. So it's, it's well, it really comes down to making sure that you can get that temperature and that balance inside. Mm-hmm. And often we just don't have the space. However, uh, if you are, tomatoes tends to be the popular one. I just think back to um, Julia, again, being on the show. And again, one of her seeds probably in her shop the tiny Tim or the top hat tomato. So it's a, I think she said it was a determinate dwarf tomato, eight to 12 inches tall and wide, and it just pops out a bunch of delicious little tomatoes. So easy to have in a little, you know, aquaponic or hydroponic kind of setting mm-hmm. or under a grow light to get some little cherry tomatoes. But then again, that goes back to planting or planting. How often do you want Bob to be harvesting this fresh fruit? Because yeah. you're going to have to stage your crops. You have to start everything a week or two after, a week or two after, so that they're finishing in succession so that you can get uh, what you want when you want it. So mm-hmm. plan, plan, plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is mm-hmm. it is doable. We grow greenhouse tomatoes all year round. So yeah. Yeah, and Bob, uh, to, to definitely tune in next week to uh, on Tyler's uh, to talk about his book on hydroponics. So that could be something, you know, in addition to grow lights, um, you know, a different way to grow. Um, pollinating too, Matt, like, would you not have to yeah. do some uh, hand pollinating then since we're not going to get wind? And, you know, you could set up a little fan, which, you know, um, but uh you know, yeah. pollinating is another thing to think about. So it can be pretty high maintenance, Bob. It's not, not, po- it's, it's possible, but it's challenging. Yeah. yeah. There are some self fertile tomatoes and other uh, fruit bearing things like strawberries that you can grow. Uh, but yeah, you do end up either having to tickle your own plants, depending on the, <laughs> the that's the technical term. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, tickle them and do their little self pollinating. Uh, type thing if you start to get into some fruit heavy uh, type stuff yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, I mean I think in addition to the seeds inside uh, that you're planting so really kind of mapping out maybe your draw out your space because I know Mm -hmm. a common problem and I know I do it every year too is we put almost put too much in a small space it's amazing how much we can grow in in a in a space but even then we kind of pack it a little bit full Um, so, you know, kind of mapping that out as well as I think also thinking about what your soil might need. So that could be something that you buy and kind of store in the garage, store in the shed now, right? Buying some bags of compost. Um, so you don't having to rush for it in the, in the, uh, early spring. Um, even like the sea, some of the stuff that's harder to find, would they still be able to find that now, Matt? Like the sea, I know that whether it's, um. I want to like call it sea seashell, compost? sea compost, hmm. and uh, usually yes. another one. The, uh, the sea compost, the biofloor compost, like the forest compost, is that what the yeah. other one? Or, or yeah. mushroom, mushroom, or too. even like mushroom compost or worm castings. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, especially more so from your independent garden centers because the like your big box stores are going to get some stuff in, but they're usually up back or locked off in their setup area unless they're okay. small indoor plant bags. Uh, but yeah, there are some local garden centers. Um, they get discounts if they receive it early. So they'll usually have it. Uh, and if they've got some good space indoors, they've usually got a skid thawed uh, ready for super early, like right now. Uh, but yeah, in your early days of when things are thawing out, for sure. Um, 
I was just going to say, yes, uh, I liked your tip up as well about just planning it out. I think we like to jam everything in there mm. as much as we can. And when you've got something like bedding plants, your annuals, where you can just feed the daylights out of them and they just reward you with flowers and spades, that's great. They're meant to be tight and be a beautiful display. But when you're plant packing and spending good money on perennial plant material and you're shoving stuff in there, they're all competing and they're going to do weaken each other and not really thrive and grow as quickly as they would have been had you given them the space to grow, fed them properly and maintain them as is. Not to say that you can't put a few annuals in around their border outside of their the, the hole you dug for them, or just on the edge to kind of fill that space and brighten it up. But yeah, less does end up being uh, more in the long run, especially maintenance work. Yes, definitely. And I also wanted to talk, I can't believe time we, boy, oh, can yeah. we talk, eh? Time is just flying. Um, I do want everybody to think about some, you know, in addition to vegetable seeds, um, you know, I mentioned the the ranunculus and the anemones, um, but also I, I, I think of my zinnias, like, holy cow. I mean, I am a very neglectful seed starter, but, you know, those things grew and they grew and then we deadheaded them and you and they like I had them in a, in a, a flower box in the yard. So I didn't even have them like properly planted. You know, we'd started them inside and then I never found a spot in the garden so they just were in this window box on the ground in the garden and they would shrivel up and when it, when I forget to water it and then I water it and they'd perk back up again and they kept blooming and honest to goodness those things were blooming until we got a frost so <laughs> I have to say that there are some you know think about like having it like it would be my dream as much as I love all my shrubs you know I'm a shrub girl I love all my flowering shrubs and my hydrangeas and things um, I wish I had a spot for a cutting garden like just to be able to have cut flowers that I could bring into the house. So whether it is zinnias, whether it is, I mean, dahlias are more of a tuber, um, whether it's um, nasturtiums, uh, help me out, Matt, uh, cosmos and what's the other one, cosmos and the other annual that's really <laughs> easy to, uh, I know my hand signals, he still can't tell what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> looks like, looks like cosmos oh my gosh so you know I think you could really um that's something that also and like even if it was like a two by two area or a two by four area right um or in amongst your your vegetables because of course those are being pollinated anything flowering is going to bring uh pollinators right mm -hmm. so uh so yeah so if you're if you're not if you're a listener and you're not super keen on vegetables, I get it. Like I think that's fine, but I think it still would be fun to practice, uh, you know, planting some some uh, flowers that you can cut and much like you had said with the succession planting, right? Like plant them mm -hmm. in succession so that you get you know continuous flower all uh, all seasons. And it's really gonna bug me. So there's nasturtium, no, there's nasturtiums, there's cosmos. <laughs> It's really, I can picture it in my head, but I can't, uh, I can't think of the name. So, yeah. No, you can't think of another tall flowering cosmos. Oh my gosh. I think of some of the taller zinnias, the cosmos, delphinium, but they're perennial. Yeah. This one was an annual. Mm -hmm. hmm. The listener who writes in and can guess what's on Julian's mind <laughs> on my a mind. Free copy of our future yes. book as well as a t-shirt branded for Bath Garden Bath Podcast. That's right. That's right. Right now it is. So yes. <laughs> oh, and we did want to, I mentioned uh, the other uh, 
peonies too um, that you can get. So this was, I'm trying to think, where did I put that? I saved it and now I can't find it on my phone as time is running out. Oh, I did here. Um, now I'm not familiar. I have to Google it myself, but forestcreekfarmhouse.ca. Uh, again, for our Canadian uh, gardeners, uh, exclusive peony roots. So maybe there's some unique uh, peonies there. Um, that's something to think about. So, and a lot of our seed catalogs, I know um, Stokes has been a popular seed catalog for years mm -hmm. and years, no longer printing the catalog. So I think we're going to see, you know, people who still love to get that paper catalog delivered. Um, I think we're going to start to see them being phased out over the next couple of years. Um, so, yeah. So anyway, so I hope we gave you guys lots of ideas for planning and for your garden goals. Continue to email us, uh, you know, your ideas and your goals and I'm sure we'll have more time to talk about it, right, Matt? Yes, we love hearing from you guys and what you guys are up to. We'll make the time to chat with you and bring you some awesome content. <laughs> For sure. Speaking of awesome content, as we round out the show, don't forget to tune in next week. Tyler Barris, author of Home Hydroponics, uh, Farmer Tyler, as he goes by a lot of news YouTube channel, Instagram, uh, Pinterest and a few others, I think Facebook as well. He's going to join us next week to talk about growing indoors with hydroponic systems. Uh, he's got some pretty amazing projects that make it look a lot easier uh, than one might think, whether you're growing veggies or just foliage house plants or starting cuttings. Uh, Tyler's going to help us make it happen indoors hydroponically. So that uh, should be looking good. Uh, next, the week after that, January 31st, um, we are hoping to have a guest, but we are hoping to also talk a little bit more about lighting. Uh, so what to do about lighting, growing, where to go, that sort of thing. Uh, kind of a little bit more of a deep dive. I won't spoil our guests yet. Uh, they were just waiting for them to confirm. Uh, but then we also have uh, Kevin, and I'm going to say this wrong, I'm sure, Tholinaires or Tholinaires uh, from Plantsum, which is an online plant ordering company. Uh, so he's going to take us in deep into his uh, operation and talk to us all about ordering plants online and all the wonderful offerings that he has. That brings us to the end of another show. Is there anything mm -hmm. else we want to quickly shout out as Gary rolls our music in the hook? starts to come out. Yes, I'm going to shout out to gardensplus.com. Uh, I just saw that uh, Dawn has it up on the Instagram that her shop is open too. So uh, gardensplus.ca. Uh, so uh, thanks everybody. Stay warm and stay safe in the snow. That's right. We'll see you next week here down the garden path on Reality Radio 101. Thank you for listening to Down the Garden Path with your hosts, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing, right here on Reality Radio 101.